0: And we are back for episode number 50 of Stream of Thought, Big Five O. I can't believe we've been doing this for this long.
1: 50 episodes in less than six
0: months. And we start off by talking about the thing that everyone's been talking about. The historic upset in Alabama. A Democrat elected for the first time in 25
1: years. I don't even want to know what would have happened had uh, Roy Moore won. Dude. It would have been a disaster. I mean... It, it, there would have been a lot else. of mean tweets out there,
0: <laughs> and then we transition into what do we transition? Fantasy into? football. Oh yeah, that's the right. The season is the coming endless, near the an end. For many people, it's uh, playoffs week. There's a bit of a heated conversation we have about whether or not fantasy football is just yeah. too much for there are our a American few discrepancies. culture right now. Discrepancies <laughs> between uh, our yeah, between yeah.
1: our thought towards not, that not
0: great, but
1: but then we wrap things up by finding the common denominator amongst the two of us which is bad drivers people that are just completely unaware whether and, uh, whether you're
0: walking whether you're using a bicycle or whether you're driving it's all about understanding the flow
1: just just know where you're going just drive like you have a destination in mind and just have intention and just don't be an idiot so with that being said episode number 50 stream of thought we hope you enjoy <laughs> So, to start things off for episode number 50, we need to go back and fix a fuck up that we made in episode 49. (laughs) We had mentioned the chocolate shop is, what was it, all chocolate, all All, things chocolate? We we thought it was
0: all things chocolate. (laughs) Which sounds like a really wonderful
1: and magical place. It really does. But it's actually called All Chocolate Kitchen. kitchen. Yes. So, So, if you want to Google that. Yeah. All chocolate kitchen in Geneva. So it's, we just it, had to get that out of the way, so we don't look like as much of a bunch of idiots getting things wrong.
0: Like, but like yeah, uh, assholes. Yeah,
1: assholes. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're kicking off number fifty right dude, now, dude. This is so crazy. And can I can I can I say by opening that this is just a great day for America? Oh, it's totally a great day. Why don't, day don't you tell America? us why? Oh, well, I think that it should be self evident. We were talking a little bit on the ride over, but. Doug Jones, man. A, a Democrat beating a pedophile in Alabama, a Republican pedophile in Alabama, is probably one of the greatest things that I've ever witnessed in the political scene in these past I two decades. I did not
1: think it was going to happen. No, not I in a did million not years. think it was going Never, to
0: never did I think that Alabama was going to ever elect a Democrat. Not in a million years.
1: Do you uh, think that – how many votes do you think uh, – Swung towards him as a result of the whole uh, issue with Moore. (laughs) Enough to get Doug Jones
0: elected. Right? Man, dude. Like, and and here's the crazy part, too, is that for the past, God, feels like three weeks now, there's just been this nonstop conversation, especially, like, Sunday morning talk shows tend to be representative of what the political discourse has been condensed into one day or, Mm -hmm. like, one hour, and... Everyone has been wondering why it is conservative Christian evangelicals have been supporting a person who's been credibly accused of pursuing underage girls when he was in his mid-30s. And the defense of him has just been so bewildering that I think it even impacted Alabama. Like, they saw that, and you have to think that they were looking at that and saying, there's no way we can let this be our reputation, that yeah. we are we are okay with a— incredibly charged pedophile becoming our senator because we think Democrats are Satan incarnate, like, mm-hmm. just by the D after their name. It, yeah. like, doesn't matter who they are. So the fact that this guy – and the guy who they elected, Doug Jones, he prosecuted the KKK. He was he, he was this huge law enforcement official. Did not know that. Super reputable person, one of these people who has been a public servant his entire life, trying to do justice, trying to do right, trying to, to like, be – the embodiment of the American dream. His dad was, I think his dad was a steel worker or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he ended up growing up getting into law enforcement and the, his big claim to fame was prosecuting the uh, Birmingham church bombing. uh, That the KKK ended up causing. And that was something that I think brought out, dude, like the black vote that ended up coming out for Doug Jones. Mm -hmm. I did not think that, after especially after Hillary Clinton, and you saw the minority vote just low, very yeah. low, yeah. much lower than was expected. Here, it was at Barack Obama levels. Turned out to vote for Doug Jones, which is crazy. As a as a white white you know white man running for office, the fact that so many African Americans would come out and vote for him is, a, I think, a testament to just how uh, uh, animated I think. Our culture is right now there's a there's a, just so much anger boiling at our political situation it's crazy and you're shaking your head right now but it's i know like, wow. you're fe- i know you're like wow i know you're feeling it too man like I it's was, nuts it's nuts i What's was uh on?
1: watching a video i think it was yesterday before the results came in and i can't remember who it was in particular but somebody was saying how and i can't remember what state but somebody was saying how This guy – there's no – not this guy is Doug Jones, but this – some person cannot be an elected official because they're Muslim and when you uh, are elected, you have to swear on the Holy Bible. And if you're Muslim, then you don't use the Bible. Therefore, you cannot be elected. Yeah. You – oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) And and Jake Jake Tapper's response is, that's not the law. You don't know that's the law? And he just responded by going, uh – well, Donald Trump's war on the Bible It's like, yeah, because that was his choice. Yeah, and, so, and then he ended the interview there. But yeah, the, I mean, you you saw all of these supporters coming out, and yeah, very traditional conservative Republican Southerner for the 1970s. Like, if if they were living in the 1970s, they'd be fine. Like, mm-hmm. they'd be golden. That was the cultural attitude. But now it's like, wait, women women matter. These were people who. Roy Moore himself said that you should repeal every amendment after the 10th, which includes the women's right to vote, the abolition of slavery, the granting of voting rights to African-Americans and minorities. Mm-hmm. Like, he, want, he he wanted to – he thought that the, the country would operate so much easier if we repealed all the amendments after the 10th. And that wow. was, like, one of his last statements before the election was held. And that was just another representation of, man, like – are we are we so divided that we can't even agree that this is an absurd choice yeah. to be a representative to you know of america to the world like yeah. so i was so happy i was i was shocked i saw i saw it live i got back home at around like nine thirty or whatever they hadn't called the election within the next 15 minutes they called it i saw it live and the doug jones uh Oh man, everyone was so so many tears, so, I was ma- so confused. much joy. why does
1: this, don't all the elections take place in November?
0: Like across, it's not just the presidency? This was a special election. Because Jeff Sessions, who oh. was our attorney general, used to hold the seat. He was, uh, Luther Strange was appointed by the uh, Republican governor of Alabama to serve as a fill-in until a special election could be called. Okay. Roy Moore won the primary for the Republicans, and so it was Doug Jones versus Roy Moore to fill the seat that Jeff Sessions left when Donald Trump appointed him attorney general. Okay. Very complicated. Very complicated. But, yeah, long story short, yes, elections are normally held in November, but when you have appointments or people leaving office, then you'll have special elections that end up filling it in. So that's why everyone talks about it, because it's the only race that's happening. Yeah, okay. Like, that's why it's such a big deal. I if, thought it was really if there in December. Yeah, if this was November of next year, there would be thousands of other elections happening, and I don't we think... Probably that, wouldn't receive as much No, coming. and I, and as a result, I, I don't think that Doug Jones would have won. And when he's he's up again in 2020... To Because he... Jeff Sessions' term was... He was already two years into mm-hmm. his term. And Senate terms are six years. So, as a result, Doug Jones gets the remaining four years. But then he has to run for re-election again. Got it. So... Understood. He has a limited limited time. And there's no way he's w- winning re-election. This is like... No? No. Absolutely so not. This is a... This is a blip on the radar. Blip on the radar. Because Roy Moore was such a horrible, horrible horrible human being um and doug jones was such a, such an awesome awesome person everything fit into place that he was able to pull off the impossible but okay. it's, it's not going to happen again like you can't throw two hail mary's and expect a touchdown <laughs> you can't throw two hail mary's
1: and expect a touchdown speaking of football uh carson wentz is out and I'm really happy I held on to um there
0: have been some vicious injuries happening there to players been... these past couple of weeks. I also dude. made it to my semifinal. Congratulations. So, my brother has been bragging that he's top of his league. So he's dude. he's very proud of that accomplishment. He could fall at any moment.
1: I was yeah, I I was, yeah. in first place for like four st- I was in I was in ranked one and two for like half the season. And then all of a sudden I dipped down to
0: like three after like two week two straight losses it's brooks like, oh. when i was in minnesota i was hanging out with brooks and he was doing fancy and he's like i'm in last place i have like 40 points and all the noon and three o'clock games had been played so it was only the seven o'clock and monday night football games by monday night he had gotten 80 points from his like couple of blue like from the three games that were played yeah. he just had really spectacular games like i saw i won somehow yeah and it's like it's crazy the the momentum swings that you have in yeah, it was an upset last week. It was an upset for me,
1: so it was good. I got that win, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing uh, Amanda again for
0: the semifinal. I'm gonna vent a little bit about fantasy, just in in the sense that it, it forces you to watch games that you would in no other reality well, have any interest in watching. I'm going to interject real quick, please. Do. I
1: actually Defend do not price. watch NFL very often. You don't as actually a watch. Oh, of you don't watch the games. playing fantasy football? No. I will watch. Really, this is what I'll do. If I have an important, if I have an important game, I'll watch no more than the second half, and even then, I get bored after about five minutes. I cannot watch sports on TV. Wow, I find it extremely boring. Oh my, any goodness. sport to watch on TV by myself. Yeah, but by yourself I'm with you. friends, and if I'm drinking or doing other stuff, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, but even okay. then, All right. even then, a few times I've I've watched some games and it's later at night and uh, there's like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, which equates to like twenty minutes. Oh my you know God. what I'm saying? So many commercials, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just gonna check this. I don't care enough to keep up to date moment to moment. So I either win or I don't. I'll find out tomorrow morning, and uh, I'll just turn off the TV. You're
0: you're one of the rare people then who don't watch the games because. Like I said, when I was in Minnesota, that's all they were doing was watching games so they could see the fans. And, like, flipping back and forth to see how their players were doing in the game. And, I mean, they're not... Super obsessed with fantasy sports, but still, it feels super important to sort of everyone during this time of year, during the football season, especially during playoffs, when it gets super intense and people are like, make sure my lineup's good. I got my what, lineup what, set. what other lineup, you know, what are my opponent's lineups? Mm-hmm. What gotta double check, make sure that I got the right matchups, make yeah. sure everything's lined up perfectly, do the best that I can, and... Then Sunday comes around and you're constantly checking your phone, seeing the scores, like, oh, got another 15 points. Oh, nice turnover. Oh, all right. I forgot that there was the uh, trade
1: deadline, so I was going to try and, like, get some good players from from people that Mm -hmm. aren't even in the Mm -hmm. playoffs Mm -hmm. anymore, but I couldn't do that. But Mm -hmm. it's all right because I I picked (laughs) up a couple people that were free agents, and I feel pretty good about this week.
0: The passion and the absurdity
1: of the concept of fantasy sports. Oh, it's is awesome. Just, no, it's not. It's so great. It's not. You're, Why? You're. I'm in complete control. It's, it doesn't run my life. Why do you think it's
0: so dumb? You're. You're. You <sighs> were in fantasy. The concept, we were in the same league a few years ago. Yeah, and I don't do that anymore. Like the, just the idea of trying to control, or not control, but to be reliant on random people's athletic performances on a particular day and all the other just random factors that go into it seem very counterintuitive. And it makes me feel kind of helpless about the whole situation because, you know, in the same thing, when I was a compulsive gambler, like I wasn't in control of the situation. I'd like to think that I knew the psychology of everything, of all the players and their injuries and all the situations that go into that. And there are some people in fantasy who do that. I'm not saying you're one of them, but I'm saying that it is one of those things that just, when when you're confronted with that situation, it's like, how much time and energy are you going to spend on someone else's performance?
1: Dude, it's just fantasy football.
0: I know. And you take a purport... Like, you haven't really talked about it too much around me. I mean, you mentioned it probably once a I week. I think but. you
1: are hating on it because you have been exposed to people who let it run their life for the season. Correct. That is not how, but what happens. I think you.
0: that you... Being a relatively stable individual who doesn't have any potential cons- – like, I don't know. I, I feel like you handle it better than most people, and so you under undervalue the potential harm that comes from the obsession that is fantasy football.
1: Well, everybody has choices, and uh, sometimes people's choices get a little out of control, and – Fantasy football is not one of them for me. It's
0: a great I fucking take, rebuttal, man. That's super. I take, super specific so you, you're to, so
1: pretty much what you're saying is that fantasy football is at fault for in, people making the choice to allow something to run their life in a negative way.
0: In the same way that people have phone addictions and can't sit down their phone and constantly have to be like scrolling through and stuff like that, I feel like fantasy football has a equal weight to the distraction that's caused in people's lives and the disruption. So then, that's like I'm not saying, saying that's you. That's I'm like not saying, saying that's fantasy
1: you. football is this evil. And then you're like saying, well, it's that's equa that's similar to phone addictions, but phones aren't evil. They're you're. So what you're saying is okay. Let me backtrack. So what you're saying is this: you're saying that fantasy. You're pretty much saying fantasy football is like evil because of the whole. It gets people addicted to this uh, game that really is of no importance. That's not what, I'm saying.
0: what are you saying then? I'm saying that people's natural propensity is one of addiction, and so they people look to something to give them fulfillment in life. And as a result, like a lot of these artificial things that take up their time and energy, make them feel like they're doing something productive, but do nothing more than excite those adrenal glands that say, this is fun. Like I'm, you know, I'm spending so much time and energy without actually thinking about, well, what am I getting from knowing what Carson Wentz stats were prior to his injury? (laughs) And, And like, once he's injured, well, what good does that, you know, that knowledge about how well, he's been performing do me he's more well i can tell you exactly
1: what that means it means that he's probably not going to be a top pick for next season because he's going to be out he's going to be out for (laughs) nine
0: exactly he's going to be out for nine to 12 months it's cyclical because you're out for nine to 12 months so i'm not going to pick him next season there you go so but you internalize that knowledge and you store it when other pieces of knowledge could be so much more productive to store like it's just natural for us to 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 take that information and then try and utilize that. You know, we know it's a long-term game. For somebody like you, it's not just about this year. It's about winning next year and the year after that. I don't think that. about that. I know like, you don't think about that, but you know, for example, you're not going to pick Carson Wentz because that's logged into your internal memory of, oh, this dude was injured. Like, I'll most likely not pick Carson Wentz. There you go. <laughs> and. For me, when you said Carson Wentz, I'm like, who the fuck is Carson Wentz?
1: I'm still gonna pick uh I don't know who Carson OBJ is. though.
0: Odell Beckham Jr. So oh, gonna dude. pick him. He's I have to say, <laughs> I don't think he's hit his prime yet. I think no. I think I fuck. think he's he he's got a couple of years left to show that he's I like I like Odell Beckham. Yeah. He's his catches, man, his one handed catches and stuff like that, he's a superhero. So, pretty much, again, anyway, going back anyway, to the Anyway, anyway, we done. We, we with the phone,
1: you were saying how, how it equates, it, similar to phone addiction. The other week, we said, yes, there is, it's a double edged sword, yes, but at the same time, it is this phenomenal tool. What I'm saying is, so you're saying that you're not recognizing the other side. You're saying, like, fantasy football is Tell really shit. The other side is, it's just a fucking game. It's just something that people do, right? Yeah. That, like, I enjoy it because it's this common denominator that I share with nine other people for a certain time span of these people who I know really, really well. And it's something that we can talk about. It's no no different than binge-watching a TV series and having a conversation on... The episodes, you know yes, what I'm saying? Exactly. It's no different than actually being in a room, following a sports team with your neighbors or family, and like it's, it's something that you're into and that you like and that you're passionate about for a certain period of time, and that's it. And then it's over, and then you go back to your life, and then there's like next season. Yeah. So it's not like this thing that I think you have a very biased opinion towards no, it. Is you, what I'm you, saying. you
0: make you make some very valid points, and I would I would counter by saying, okay, so. Where where do you draw the line with, like, personal responsibility versus the addictive potential for stuff that individuals can consume? So take, for example, yeah, you engage in fantasy football or binge-watching TV on a responsible level. You are a responsible human being, relatively speaking. And most people I have found in one form or another, whether it's binge-watching TV or obsessing about fantasy sports, tend to... Be unaware of just how much time and energy they have invested into their particular fruitless endeavor, like an endeavor that brings nothing except for the the thrill of a reward or stuff like that. But
1: you can't say that this fruitless endeavor, if it's something that people choose to enjoy, like people yeah. like it. Yeah. So, so how is somebody who doesn't participate in it have the right to say this is a fruitless endeavor?
0: tell me the fruit of the endeavor like what what reward do you get from placing 3rd in your fantasy league
1: damn better luck next year like it's not just the end result it's the process but mm-hmm. my argument is you you from the outside looking in that someone who doesn't participate in this and already has this um certain opinion are saying you guys shouldn't pretty much saying like you guys shouldn't be doing this because there is no reward that's not what i'm saying
0: then what are you saying i'm i'm saying that there needs to be a proportionality to the amount of time and energy we devote to these extracurriculars right so working out can be a fruitless endeavor no it's
1: not yes anything can be a fruitless endeavor if someone doesn't find value in it but other people find value in different things
0: yeah, but there are tangible benefits as to, like, working out. As a result, you get stronger, faster, live longer, live a healthier life, are able to be more productive. Like, there are tangible benefits you can see. Whereas a lot of – I feel like a lot of times, yeah, you know what? The community and, and camaraderie that you can get from playing fantasy sports, cool. But is there an alternative that perhaps can allow that – better maybe i don't know but i feel like people would use the camaraderie and friendship and just having a fun time competing with other people as an excuse to overindulge in saying well like this is super important to me because of the friendships that i developed it, no that's it's not that's not your driving motivator your driving motivator is to win the fucking tournament like that that is the drive that i think is the corrupting force in fancy football? Is this desire to win, to be the best, to prove to other people that you have like inside knowledge or special insight into the game of football that others don't? There's, oh, I mean, dude, we glorify, there was a whole show that was dedic- dedicated to glorifying fancy sports and being the victor of your fancy football league. Oh, that's right. The league, right? Uh, I was thinking of something
1: was... else. There's like there was a...
0: there's a show about it. I think it the was... league
1: that show hasn't been on the air for like several years. But yeah, that show was about fantasy football.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the but again, it goes back to the glorification of the empty victory. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I come from. Now, honestly, if I had the chance to participate in a fantasy football league in the future, I wouldn't say no. I mean I don't think that that's an, I wouldn't do it for money or anything like that but if there's, if there's a casual friendly league that just wants to do something like that I'm not saying that I would be opposed to doing that it's just keeping in mind you know that potential for overindulgence if that makes sense I'm not and I, it's nothing against your passion for the game or your excitement that you get from like winning I mean that's great I think that's awesome like don't think that I'm knocking that at all it sounds I feel, like I feel you're like knocking you're,
1: everybody that, that participates in fantasy. Football. I am
0: absolutely not trying to do that at all. I'm just saying that there needs to be there needs to be self awareness in this process. And honestly, with people who actually care about football, you don't care about football. You don't even watch the fucking games. Most people do care about football and actually watch the games. There needs to be uh, an awareness that like male testosterone fueled drive of well, why am I watching this game? Because I want to see the player that I have on my roster do well so that I can win and ultimately be the victor and conquer everyone. I mean, it takes a lot of strategy if you know what... You're doing, and sport. it's yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a game, right? It's, it's like, like, it's, do like I, it's like a long-term it's monopoly like, who game, Who do you right? trade? Who
1: are you dropping? Yeah. Who are you going to bench? Who are you not going to bench? And dude, I've had I s- love I love strategy like, like four I games in a row. Yeah. I just went with intuition. I was like, I think this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and like, sure enough, I start winning. This is the first year that I pay more attention to the updates and the stats, and I'll. I'll move things around you and I'll have, play a 7 insight, So that now I kind of have a feeling yeah. for how this exactly. works. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's fun, right? It's good to know that you you have you have something that other people don't. You have a certain knowledge that other people don't and it allows you the opportunity to have that slight advantage, which pays off as you said.
1: Yeah, except when like last minute um... <laughs> <laughs> Your tight end is out, and you don't have a tight yeah. end. Yeah. But you, <laughs> dude, Carson Wentz gets killed. No, dude, so uh, they um, – my tight end for Philadelphia, I can't remember his first name, Ertz. He was out one game. I played that week, I think, without a tight end. I think I won that game. And then he was out again this week, and I didn't know he was out again, and I
0: still won. I was like, oh,
1: fuck, yes. yes. Whew. That was a close one. Dude,
0: yeah. And that that is fun. Like, there is something about winning by the wire, or winning by the skin of your teeth, or a miracle-like comeback. And that's why I watch college football sometimes, is that I love the idea that someone could come from five touchdowns down in the fourth quarter to win the game like that's absurd it it doesn't make any rational sense but the fact that it could happen and that both sides equally want to win and yet this ends up being the result of like an upset that's a cool concept what do you think of board games what do you mean what do i think about board games like playing board board games with people they don't allow they don't allow you that portability that Stuff like fantasy or mobile games do.
1: Yeah, but it's the same concept that involves strategy. You're with people, you I'm, have a drive to win.
0: <laughs> Listen, man, I'm j- I'm jazzing to play some Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the cribbage board, dude. But I have
1: played games where like insane fix. insane things happen in a board game and it fires off the same uh I don't yeah. think so. what are you talking I don't about? Think so.
0: What are you talking about? No one is like <laughs> we need to play a board game right now because well, I think... from s- Coming from someone who does not play board games. I play board games. All the time. I played cribbage while I was up in uh, Minnesota. Yeah.
1: I'm still listening. I'm still listening.
0: I'm saying, board... Like, board... And the other thing about board games, too, is that there's no monetary prize involved. At least, the board games that I play don't involve... Like, let's all throw down $20, and whoever but wins the board game the, gets all of the but money. forget the...
1: The monetary prize, you still want to win.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And I think that if there was no monetary value, then you would see the true um, passion of the people who actually cared about fancy football. Like if you if you didn't have your twenty dollar entry fee or whatever, would you still have the same sort of interest? Yeah, because I now? sometimes forget that there's a twenty dollar entry fee, and
1: that's because I pay that twenty dollars, knowing that that twenty dollars, I accept that that will be gone. It's not like
0: I'm and you on the and, edge and waiting and to get money back. You are the exception to the rule. Most people who throw in twenty dollars for a fantasy league are thinking about the the pot. Of winning the pot. Like, that is their, like, ultimate goal, to win the league and win the $200 or whatever, you know? And if you eliminate the money, then you get to see the people like you are going to be all over the place. Because if there's no money involved, there's no incentive to – there's no ulterior motive to play fantasy football other than, like, just wanting to win or, like, yeah. wanting to compete. But then you add the money factor, and that's when it becomes messy. And that's where I think the difference be- between board games and fantasy football lie is that little entry fee thing. You don't have that with board games. You have that with fantasy. Pretty much every single fantasy league has a $20 entry fee. That's why I wasn't invited this year. Like, people knew I couldn't pay to, like, yeah. enter, and so I wasn't invited. I mean, it it's it, it is... Inherently assumed that a fantasy league is going to involve a buy-in, and that's where the difference lies. I don't me. think we did a buy-in a few
1: years ago, did we? No, I don't think no, so. We didn't. It that was, was it was the it
0: was the it was the bachelor party uh disaster yeah, of, a, <laughs> of a fantasy yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, there was no. Mo- I mean, granted, I was going through my own stuff, so like that's not a good representation. But there was no money but look what happened it fell apart yeah
1: right i can only commit to one league each year i'm one we asked one of our friends to join it's it a lot started. of time he and he's like dude i can't i'm in five leagues i'm like what the fuck are you talking
0: half about? of what my brother talks about at home when i'm around is fancy football like he loves talking about fancy football that's like where most of his extra energy is gone right mm-hmm. so it's like I think that's a pretty I'm accurate loyal. representation.
1: I'm loyal to the CFL, the Cox Fantasy League. The John, oh, John Cox. Oh my god. Yeah, he's the one that started it up and Amanda his wife is like I don't want to join. No 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 no. That she doesn't sound like that, but that's my impersonation of every woman ever. She's like I don't <laughs> That is delightful. <laughs> she She's like, no, I don't want to join you because we needed a 10th player. She's like, no, yeah. I don't want to join. This is dumb. I never win. Like No one ever wins. What are you talking about? She's in first place right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that and is I'm totally playing, the case. And I'm yeah. playing her
1: for the semifinal. Absolutely. That's no, 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 I'm not playing her. I'm playing Witter. <laughs> I played her last week and I won. And
0: I think that is the Witter. beautiful irony of most fantasy leagues that I hear is that, especially towards the end of the season, the people who care the least her and her husband are going up against each other, so she's oh, still in the, damn. Se- in the semifinal. Wow. Okay. Yeah. How does? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna deviate that far. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I'm 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 cool with playing a fantasy league for free. I'm I'm just not into the whole putting money in. I would do that. I would do it if people wanted. It, like, had that same passion that you did to actually just enjoy the win without the. Reward. I don't the um, carrot
1: and the stick. I don't gamble very much, but I like I like throwing money in on things and seeing what happens. Yeah,
0: there you go. See, and there is that rush. There, is, there that is that. What's that gonna
1: happen? Yeah. What's gonna happen? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. do it like all the time. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I g- gambled outside of fantasy. Most recently. compulsive gamblers say that. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I like playing cards though. I want to, yeah. I kind of want to, yeah. All right, I kind of want to play some poker or something. Now, uh, (laughs) the thing is, too, when I when I do that, it's not like these exuberant amounts of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I ever play, I don't think I've ever played cards and bet more than and bought more than like twenty dollars worth of chips. That's a lot. I've, you know what I'm saying. Most of the time, it's like five or ten bucks because it's not really about the money; it's about getting out. Exactly. If there's if money, especially with Poker, if there's no money, then the kind of purpose of playing is defeated and people don't play the same unless money's on the line.
0: I remember back when we were in high school, we played uh, poker at Cooper's house. We went to a couple of tournaments and stuff like that. And it was never – for me, it was that – there was never that addictive factor in the playing of, like, throwing down $20 and saying, okay, like, I'm basically going to lose this. Look at all the other people around here. My odds of actually winning something are just – not worth even considering so okay $20 whatever like but it's for the experience I've never done anything like this before or it's fun hanging out with friends you know there's a reason beyond the money and there's it adds that sort of competitive factor in the moment and I think that that was fun but it was not it did not equate to that same sort of like addictive yeah um, rush
1: I remember we were playing at Cooper's house one time and like uh I think it was like Andy Van Dyne was playing with us and like he threw in twenty bucks, lost, threw in another twenty bucks, lost, threw in another twenty bucks. I was like, dude, we're in fucking high school. Where do you have just sixty bucks to just drop on cards? I have like ten dollars. That's the and thing, man. but, 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 yeah. but he was thrown in and lost, 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 and then he after throwing in sixty bucks, he like came back and I think he broke even. <laughs> I was like, fuck.
0: Dude, Couda that's knows, dude. that's that's a compulsive gambler right there. Like,
1: oh, oh, give me a break. Dude, One okay, time? Yeah.
0: Oh, so he never gambled
1: outside of that. I don't know, but you can't there say, you go.
0: But, but listen, the, listen. There stop. Are no, 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 no. Stop. Listen. You're going to tell me about compulsive Yeah. Gamblers. No, listen, okay, listen. Listen. Enlighten me.
1: So, what you're saying is that if somebody does something like that where they're spending money on something and it's an isolated incident or it's done a handful of times but doesn't become a habit then they're a gambler if it doesn't become a habit a no, habit i'm that's you I'm, just said gambler
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying there are certain defining character patterns for compulsive gamblers and one of those is if there's if there is an opportunity for rebuy-ins that compulsive gamblers cannot stop themselves from buying in until they either run out of money or you know, are able to leave the game, even or the game ends. Normally, there's no. It's normally the game ends, or they run out of money. It's normally not they choose to leave when they break even. I'm I'm guessing he broke even and the game ended.
1: I don't recall. I don't. I just remember he put in at a total of sixty dollars. I'm just saying, and like, he either broke even or came or came up. I
0: hear these stories freaking every single week, and it's the same thing over and over again. And you begin to to identify certain behavioral patterns that really do represent problems that can be identified at an at an early age like i said you know i was telling you in the car high schoolers something like 40 percent of high schoolers are addicted to something revolving around their mobile devices Mm -hmm. for those that have smartphones so yeah i mean even at that age for people who are and you ask the question who who has 60 to 80 dollars to just throw around on a poker game it doesn't matter. I didn't, for sure, in high school. He probably didn't either. But the desperation says you'll find. You know, you said he left and came back afterwards, right? What did you said? This guy ended up leaving and coming back. Or no, like, he was oh, there the he, whole time. Okay, it's not so like he, he just left yeah, yeah. to go get more money. Oh, no, okay. He was yeah. there the whole time. But it's one of those things where it's like you you don't have the money. You're gambling, so you need to like you'll have extra money, but it's money you can't lose. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, well, I lost this. Okay, well, I'll just take a 20 out of here, and mm-hmm. we'll make it up. We'll make it up. We'll be good. Yeah. And then you lose that 20. And you're like, okay, another another 20. I'll double up, triple up, and we'll be good. We'll be good. You lose that, and you're like, oh, shit, all right. Now I got to start thinking, like, how I'm going to work this. I only have another there's $20 a, in my uh, pocket. There's what am an I episode
1: do? of Wonder Years where
0: Kevin is, like,
1: playing uh, poker with, like, the band somewhere. Like, these older guys, like, 40s and 50s, and... And I think he bets his car and, (laughs) and, and, and like loses his car. And I can't remember what happens in the rest of the episode, but I remember when he loses the car, he had this look on his face, like, shit, I actually didn't think that was going to happen or like, oh fuck, I made a huge mistake.
0: Oh, the agony of defeat. Yeah. It's a horrifying experience. But yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that for sure he was, but I'm saying that's, that's a good character pattern indicator. Of people who it's like when they lose, they can't accept that they lost. And so they have to continue to try and make up for that.
1: Yeah. And get back to even. I got you.
0: It's like with compulsive gamblers too, the story that you hear over and over again is every compulsive gambler has had that experience of getting back to even and being like, I'm good now. Now I get a little extra on top. And then it just goes back downhill from there. It's that cycle of never, never having enough, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But that's neither here nor there. Interesting, man. That sucks.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, we were talking about fantasy, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Wow, that was quite a deviation. Yeah. It's cool though. So I had, I had another thing that I wanted to get off my chest. Okay, and this is maybe (laughs) is this still about gambling no this is totally 90 okay taking 90 okay and i was i was biking gosh i can't remember when um you were biking to the courthouse no i was going over to ray's house to film i can't remember what day it was but heading over to his house and it's what like a five mile bike ride okay and I'm you know, it's the burbs, right? Sidewalks, stuff like that, you know, cross some roads. Yeah. The thing that the thing that I just cannot stand about certain drivers is those that have indecision when it comes to flow of traffic. Dude, I fucking hate that shit. And I ha- I was thinking to myself, and I actually was reflecting on this because I was thinking to myself, when is the last time that I had an instance Where I've had an indecisive driver at an intersection where I'm trying to, like, get through and, like, cross through. And I was thinking to myself, maybe I'm just imagining the fact that there are these drivers who will stop in between, you know, as they're – so you have the intersection across right right here, right? And so I'm heading this direction on the sidewalk. You can't really see it. As, are you parallel with the driver? Or I, I are you am perpendicular. I, so so there's cars going this w- the going. I'm parallel going, to cars going, going straight. Say north okay. north. okay, north south And when you come to the intersection, sometimes cars will turn like left, that. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, when you turn left, when is the last time that a driver paused, uncertain? As I'm going parallel to them and we're heading down on sort of equal speeds, I slow down to allow them the Mm -hmm. space so that I don't encroach upon their space, slow down enough to allow them the left turn without worrying. So when they get to the intersection, I am not to the street yet. I'm not, I haven't crossed the sidewalk onto the street. I slow down enough so that they are in the middle of the intersection. There's no other traffic coming the opposite direction. They're able to turn left if they want. And... This was one of those instances where I'm heading up to the intersection parallel with the car. I see that they're they're going to turn left at uh, – it's Western in Geneva right okay. from the house. And I slow down, allow allow them the space. They're in the middle of the intersection. They see me at the sidewalk crosswalk heading out of the street, and I'm going at a very freaking slow pace. And they slow down to the point where – they're almost to the crosswalk sidewalk as I'm heading into the street and then they don't know what to do should they hit the brake so that that I can get in front of their car and go on there or should they speed up they don't know and so, so they're turning they're just, left into you they just they're yeah they're turning they're turning so we're both going parallel north yeah right they're gonna turn west right on a uh, take a left yeah. west and they stop like. Right in the middle of the sidewalk gap where you, you okay, can go around yeah. in the right hand lane. You're supposed to turn into the left hand lane and keep going, right? I think, right? Is that I what you're know. supposed to do? There's I took a anyway. And then they they're stopped there and it's like they expect me to to then change my trajectory, which was originally just to keep gliding at maybe 10 miles an hour right as they continue turning now they've stopped so i have to decide am i going to try and sneak around them there's no way i can go behind them otherwise oh, i'm going into the incoming okay. oncoming side okay. of traffic and it's green light so i don't know what's coming in in the opposite direction so i have to go in front but here it's that sort of like jerky motion of uh, 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 the car moving trying to move forward not not sure if they're going. and then as i'm crossing in front of them they have the gall to honk at me after their their indecision, and I kind of I lost it, and I may have given them the finger not nice. the, not the finger I had gloves on, so uh, it was like a yeah like a I was showing them my hand, yeah, but one of those things where i mean learn how to f and drive. I understand defensive drivers, but understand the flow of traffic understand that especially if you have something where you have a bike that's riding parallel to you and they're slowing down and going at a pace that will allow you to at your 15 miles an hour or whatever, go smoothly through the intersection. Do not hit your brakes and stop in the middle of where the sidewalk connects because it makes it impossible for the bike rider to determine whether they should go in front of you or behind you because you don't know what you're doing. And so they can't know what to do as a result. And it's just one of those things where like, I I I was reflecting back on it and yeah, I have gotten I have almost gotten hit maybe 3 or 4 times because of drivers who just effing can't make up their mind. Just I go. Fucking just hate go. People that if um, you go, I'm fine. Yes. If you're an aggressive driver or a regular normal driver and just go, I am fine. But when you have that indecision of like, well, there's a I just want to be safe, so I'm going to stop and then expect them to stop so I can go that's not how it works. My mindset no, is just always, not. like,
1: drive like you l- drive like you have a destination in mind. Like, don't just be fucking driving around like you don't know what you're doing. Be, aware of, your be, be aware, aware of your environment. Be aware of your environment. Like, know the full That's why traffic. I got pissed when that car pulled out of the UFC parking lot that we were in. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, this motherfucker better not have pulled into the far lane, make me slow down when the right, when the... The lane closest to him making the right turn is completely open. And then I saw this because he was trying to make a left, uh, a left turn. But people have done that sometimes. They're like, they'll come out in front of you to, because they want to, they'll, if they're perpendicular to you, they will make a right turn, cross two lanes of traffic so they can get to the left turn lane. And so you fucking idiot. I hate when people make me put on my brakes when there is no cars behind me. Especially. The U.S. Like, Department... Or of, when people yeah. come down to a near stop to make a right or left turn into a driveway or intersection. like, what are you doing? Why are you... are literally... Look like you're stopped for about half a second before making this turn. It's okay to take this turn at 10 miles an hour. You're not going to die. Everything's going to be okay.
0: the The U.S. Department of Transportation came out with a study a couple of years ago that stated that people who were super defensive in their driving were, I think, three times more likely to cause an accident. Because you fuck up the flow. Because, and, and so, when, like, on the freeway, for example, you have those cars that are going the speed limit, and you have everyone sort of speeding around them, doing all that stuff yeah. like that, and they're like, well, I'm following the law, I'm not going to go faster than the speed limit. As a result, if you're not aware of your surroundings and being able to move with the flow and adjust to the driving climate, you are going to be the cause of of the accident, as much as you, you know, think that you're being safe, it's counterintuitive because you're like, you're doing, you're not moving with the flow. And as a result, you're disrupting other people's flows, which increase the likelihood for catastrophe. Yeah. So, yeah, that, it was one of those things I was thinking to myself, like, it just irritates the hell out of me. I was going at a pace where it would have just, not been an issue at all you should just carry keep heffing um, driving. C- carry, like, a
1: half-sized crowbar with you. That way, if it ever happens again, you just smash their mirror, give them a warning, <laughs> send them... Yeah, I like send that. Send a message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. Send a message. I like that. Hey, asshole, get out the car! See what they do. Dude, I have been so close, especially heading to Neil's house, driving uh-huh. up to Neil's house through Glendale Heights. There's a mosque on the way that always is either... Taking in traffic or letting out traffic. And let me fucking tell you the number of times, over 50% of the times, I have issues with assholes being so close to the fucking curb and blocking it so that I can't do anything. And there's no draw, like as I'm heading uh, northbound to Neil's house through this parking lot, there is no driveway that I can like curve onto the street and then go back on for another two blocks. Okay. And so it's one of those things where I. Yeah, I have uh, – I may have used a car as leverage to, like, make sure I don't fall off on my bike before. Yeah. But I have no I have no sympathy for those type of people at all. Like, if they, if there's damage to their car, so be it. Like, <laughs> pedestrians and bicyclists have the right of way. That is just the reality. And if you don't know – if you don't know how – Bicyclists Bicycle- of- do not – if they need to be in the street,
1: though, if you're on a sidewalk, I think you waver your right – you wave your right – I don't think by law, dude. I don't think psych, cyclists are supposed to be on the sidewalk; it's only for pedestrians. So if you get yourself into a sticky I, I situation, think, I think the, Illinois
0: is different though. The I, law, I think Illinois, might be a little different when it comes to that. But I have no, I have no sympathy. Like I will, I look at it as what is the least inconvenient yes. for the people around yes, me. Yes. If I ride on the sidewalk because there's nobody on the sidewalk, then. I take that as yeah, for sure. the justification for social norms that allow traffic to flow as freely as it can. Because if I'm on if I'm on um what is it, Bloomingdale Road, in the street on my bicycle, there's gonna be cars going in and out and I'm disrupting the flow of traffic. Let me tell you something. I need to be aware of that. I do the
1: same thing when I would ride my bicycle, even in the suburbs here in Glen Island, I would ride it in the street, but like most of the time I'm not riding it in the street on Bryant when school lets out because there's a bunch of fucking cars all over the place. Yeah, you know? And but let me tell you this. Let me get let me tell you something that really grinds my gears. That really it really makes me want to get out of my car and just
0: backhand somebody. When
1: you're driving and motherfuckers are jogging in the street. When there's a sidewalk five feet next to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What the fuck yes. are you doing? Yes. I want yes. to get them with my car. Like dude. you're so fucking stupid. Get out of my way. Get out of my fucking way. I don't I
0: don't understand. Especially I feel like that's an issue in Glen Ellen. Especially. It's such
1: a fucking Glen Ellen thing or
0: suburb thing, maybe. It's I think it's a suburb thing. Yeah. But I mean, dude, I cannot empathize more with that because- you
1: know their reason is probably just like they're power walking. And they're just like, I've seen the power walking in the street too. Not just the jogging, but the power walking. She's like, oh, I just, I just, I love all the space that it makes me feel like I have. Get out of the fucking street, lady.
0: Yeah. Get out no. of the street. There is a sidewalk five feet to your right for a reason. Right? I want to, uh, I want to like ride on a motorcycle and like get real close
1: to him and then like go off to the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. They're that's standing real, in the that's street like, like yeah, yeah, totally. a scare. yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great idea. This one time, I was uh, I was driving down my street, and there was a cyclist in the street, which is fine. And I go past him, and I get I park in front of my house in the street, right? Yeah. And uh, when you are a cyclist and you see a car pull off to the side, and you're driving, and that they pass you, and then they park up, mm-hmm. you know, what's your what's your first thought? What's your inclination? The car is now parked. What do you do? Uh. What do you mean? Okay. You like so what I'm thinking is if I see a you know, car parked, I'm not going to ride my bicycle right next to the car. Oh, because yeah, the yeah. Because the chances are the person's yeah. going to open oh, the door okay. to get yeah, out Yeah, that's the car. what you're talking. Yeah,
0: okay. Right? Then, yeah, obviously. And
1: this guy, and I always, I'm usually pretty good at being aware of things like that, especially like in the city. I'm not, I don't just open up my fucking car on North Avenue when there's cars driving by. You know, I wait until the stoplight so that I can get out.
0: Exactly. And,
1: yeah. um. I opened my car door, but I looked to see where the cyclist was and he walked, he walked. He rode by and he looked back and he gave me this dirty look and my buddy Zilly was with me and I think before I looked at him, he was like, fuck you too. Like he didn't say it, he didn't yell it to him, but he just said it aloud for him and I to hear because he saw the cyclist like, give me a dirty look for opening my car door because this guy, he wasn't directly next to my car, but he was probably, like, a foot or two away from the door when it was open. Which is, yeah. like, dude, this is your, like, you you see me parking my car. Yeah. Like, why are you riding close to the
0: vehicle? And, again, like, that goes back to my attitude of, like, no harm, no foul. Don't interrupt my flow, and I won't I oh, respond. And that's one of those things is, yeah, you know what? I've had people open car doors next to my bike, but... I make sure that I'm responsibly far enough away that I'm not going to whack by it. That's my responsibility, and it's the responsibility of the driver not to swing their door all the way open. Like, I expect them not to swing their door all the way open, and I expect my responsibility is to be far enough away that they can get out of their car without me interrupting their flow, right? It's all about the flow. It's all about the flow. I wish there was um, –
1: I wish there was – do you remember that How I Met Your Mother episode where – marshall gets like five slaps against Barney. Uh, <laughs> yes. i wish uh, there was some type of law that empowered citizens to utilize slaps
0: against other citizens who are complete idiots dude we have enough uh, enough vigilantism <laughs> and the problem is the people doling out the slaps would be the ones who deserve the slaps uh, themselves you know that you know yeah, that's true probably Motherfucker, Self-righteous motherfucker. <laughs> Everyone else is wrong, but I'm perfect. But if someone tries to slap me, I
1: would stop them, and then I would give them a double slap. Oh,
0: <laughs> you'd be crying I, like a little baby bitch I give, afterwards.
1: I'd give back yeah, the right. slap they would try to give uh, me, and then I'd give them an, another one with the back hand. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and what I'd do, actually, maybe what i do is they, they try and slap me, right, with their, with their hand, and I would grab their hand. And then I would pull them forward, smack them in the face, and then I have their hand, and then I'd like push push them away, but still hold on to their hand, and then bring him back for a second one.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that you have this all planned out in your head. You know that it will never push turn him and then out pull like back. that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Hit them again. The the great
1: possibilities that are life. But yeah, be aware of your surroundings and stop being an idiot.